Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Diane Wiska, whose career stretches from serving as a U.S. Navy nurse, corporate businesswoman, speaker, educator, lawyer, litigation consultant, podcaster, storyteller, and entrepreneur. She also backpacked across Europe, mountain climbed the Canadian Rockies, learned to fly a plane, walked the Camino de Santiago, a pilgrimage of 500 miles across Spain, and more. Wow. Oh, my goodness. We have so much to dive into today. Welcome, Diane. Thank you, Summer. I'm delighted to be here. And that's what happens when you're the firstborn daughter. Oh, wow. High achiever. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's so good to have you here. But before we take a deep dive into your professional journey, can you describe your journey to this point in one word? Resilience. Tell us why resilience, why this word and why it's important. Well, it's like um, when you see, well, so we've seen a lot of hurricanes and what they do to the palm trees and the palm trees can bend almost halfway over and then they come back up again. So no matter what happens, the wind buffeting them, they keep returning back again. They're, they they respond to the wind, they come back from the wind. And I think that that is what's happened in my life, that just like everyone else, um, different different milestones, experiences, hardships, whatever. But to be able to bounce back from that, to come back from that, I would say the word resilience is what comes to mind because that's how I respond. I respond with resilience and that didn't happen overnight. It was a, it was a journey. It's still a journey. Okay. There's a couple of things that you said there. I want to touch on resilience is the word you've bounced back many times. So do you think resilience comes from innate place or learned place? Or both. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Super good question. Wasn't prepared for that. Uh, nature versus nurture, huh? So I'm an Aquarian, and I think Aquarians come with a little bit of that. And I also was lucky to have a mom who was a, a, a pusher thrower, meaning we're not going to let this take us down. I remember many a time when we could have turned back from something, and mom would say, but we're almost there, but we're almost there. And I think that's where the nurture part comes from is seeing that experience. I'm the oldest of seven kids, lower middle-class family, not a whole lot to go around, but my mom always used to say, we're rich, Diane, we just don't have a lot of money. And so that sense of resilience of being able to push through, I think that married to an, a little internal, capital R, put both of them together. Great question. Great answer. So thank you for that. You also use the word respond rather than react. There's a difference there. 
And I love that you use that word respond, because a lot of times when we respond, we're thinking about maybe the end result or where we really want to be. So when you use that word respond versus react, so to speak, when we use that word, it's the amygdala, the back of the brain where we're like, oh my gosh, we don't even think it's kind of fight or flight, right? But you use the word respond. And I love that you did because that really goes to what do you want that end result to be? How are you working towards those goals? So tell me why that word for you. It's a, it's a question of um, aging. I really think so. So my earlier life, I would say that react was the way I would behave. That was an emotional response. In fact, um, a storytelling mentor of mine used to say, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. I didn't think she was talking about me, but gosh darn it, she sure was. And once you come face to face with that and how come some things aren't going your way and that when you react to them, they still don't go your way. That learning how to respond to something, as you said, whether you pay attention to the end goal, whether you pay attention to what's the energy that's happening around you, or as I like to say now, it's really more a matter of going with the flow. And people think going with the flow means you're just going to sit back in the, in the boat, you're going to let the oars go and whatever happens, happens. But that's not it at all. It's really a question of being aware of the energy that's around you what is pushing you one way or another and what you will get by conceding. I really like that word because it's not surrender, but it's letting go in a way that says I concede to call it whatever you want, whatever makes you kneel and kiss the ground. I concede to the higher power that says, you know what? I got something better in mind for you. And if you just stand aside, get out of your own way for a little bit, I can show you what that is. And I got to tell you, that is a lot of age. That's a lot of age talking there. <laughs> it takes time, right? It takes mm -hmm. time to gather this insight, this wisdom. And it yep. also takes time to put that into practice, so to speak. So let's talk about your diverse and unique background. I want to start by asking you how you develop that inner passion for adventure, change, and exploration. Where did this courageous spark and curiosity for adventure begin? Why, that's another great question. I would have to say that's me. As a child, that was me. I don't know if your listeners remember the book, Pippi Longstocking, or the series of books, Pippi Longstocking with the orange braids, you're nodding your head, and, and the horse that lived on her porch. I loved that book. And I loved the idea that she could go set sail and go find her father who was captured by pirates. I've got to say that where did that start? It started with reading. The very first thing that my mother, I remember my mother giving me when I was young enough to understand what it was, was a library card. And I remember going to the library and having my very own library card and checking out as many books as I could check out. And she would check out some because I overran you know, the number that you could have. I am the Imelda Marcos of books. I love, love, love to read. And the thing about reading and the thing especially about novels is that the reader becomes the story. The reader gets into the novel and there can have the experiences without some of the consequences. So I would say it's partly me. It's partly a deep love of reading 
And again, I'm going to look back at my mom because there wasn't a time when I was taking off, nor any of my brothers and sisters, that she or my dad said, you can't do it. When I backpacked Europe, this was at a time where we didn't have cell phones. I was gone. You know, they'd have to rely on a postcard. And still they said, okay, good luck. (laughs) We'll see you when you get back. And I'm sure they were biting their nails the whole time. But it's also an indication of the faith and trust that parents have to have in their children if they've done a good job. Absolutely. Well, I loved I didn't want to burst out laughing because, again, this is probably aging me, but the Imelda Marcos of books, like, because if you know Imelda Marcos, she loved shoes and she loved things and she had lots of them. Anyway, that was hilarious. So that caught me by surprise. So that was a good one. I love that. I love that that this started with a library card with the introduction to books. When you said Pippi Longstocking, it completely resonated with me because that girl with the red braids with her her sidekick, Annika, I just absolutely loved that story. And again, my journey too began with books. And it was Hans Christian Andersen. It was Thumbelina. It was all those stories that you get, if it's a good story, you get caught up in it and you become part of that story. That is your where your adventure begins. I resonate with that. Thank you so much for sharing where the spark began. That is so cool. Because you have such an incredibly diverse journey, where is your starting point to telling your story? What is the one thing or the unifying element of your story? I think it really depends on to whom I'm speaking and what it is I want to get across. And so if I'm speaking to a group of women, for example, who have been divorced, uh, say their, their spouse has cheated on them and they have been divorced. And then what do they do with that? I can fall back on a story where that happened and how that whole experience just snapped me like a dry twig. And I chose to pull the covers over my head and stayed there. And that was fine. I was just going to live in the valley of of death. I was happy with that. But a woman who knew of me needed a keynoter for a program she was having. And she drove out to take me to lunch. And I listened to what she said. And I said, there's no way. I can't do what you want to do. I just, I don't have that energy or that interest. I ain't going to do that. And I explained a little bit about my story. And she said, here's the thing. You're in the valley of death right now. And the Bible says you're not supposed to live in the valley of death. You're not supposed to build a brick house, put up a little fence and a garden. You are supposed to walk through the valley of death. Starting now, you're walking through and I'm on the other side waiting for you. And I ended up being her keynoter. So when I talk about origin stories, there are moments in our life that are momentous, that are pivotal, that bring us to our knees. And depending on the point that we want to make, the message we want to convey, the values we want to represent, the audience to whom we're speaking, we will choose a story or or several stories. Yeah. That is how I would suggest to people as they are putting a keynote together or embarking on team motivation, public speaking. What is your origin story? What got you started? And what did you overcome? And where did that happen along your life? And how many times did it happen? Pull on those. They're treasures. 
Absolutely. I love how this puzzle is coming together because we started with how did you describe your life in one word? Then we went into the journey. Here we are. We're looking at the element that brings that together, those pivotal moments, those milestones. And you talk about, we're going back to resilience here. Those pivotal moments, some of those milestones can really bring you to your knees. But one thing throughout this journey, throughout this conversation is that innate and learned resiliency has come out and it's created and you get back up and like the palm tree, like that's bent over, you start straightening out, straightening out and you don't stay at your knees. That person was waiting for you at the end of that journey. And guess what? You made it there. I absolutely love this. As an entrepreneur that helps other professionals co-create their stories, what are some of the first steps that will help others develop their brand story? I would start with the origin story. And the reason I make a distinction between origin story and brand story is that the origin story is your who, your brand story is your why. And starting out with the archaeological dig on your life to understand how you got from there to here what motivated you, what values you have, what are the challenges that you overcame, what is it that you can share with the world that says, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. And that way, you are now creating a story that says, this is where I originated from. This is what gave me creation. And you don't have just one but we'll talk about just one. Once you have that who, who I am, then you're well positioned to say, okay, my who informs my why. Why am I doing the work that I'm doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you podcasting? Why do you have core women? Why do you have these various entrepreneurial events that you've got going on? I would bet you dollars to donuts, it all goes back to your who. And so as entrepreneurs, we are really well advised to say, all right, let me look at that. Let me explore my genuine storytelling voice. Let me look at what I've achieved, the challenges I've met, the accomplishments I've managed to do, what I've overcome. Let me explore the ugly side of my story, where I'm afraid, where I am vulnerable, How have I faced that down? How does that inform my origin story? Then once you have that, then we go into the brand and say, all right, how does that inform what you do, why you do it, and for whom you do it? What is the theme? What is the undercurrent that runs there? And I will say for me, the theme has always been injustice. What can I do to turn injustice around? And so that's another thing to look for. What might be, as you've asked earlier, what's the one word? I would say, what's the one theme that keeps moving through it? Like, I don't know, fudge ripple and vanilla ice cream. You know, that is exactly why that question was a question. What is that unifying element of your story that runs through from beginning to where you're at today? As you said, for you, it's injustice. And you can see that in your story as a nurse, you know, helping others, the corporate side of you, the speaker, the educator, the lawyer, the litigation consultant, the injustice. How are you out there in the world supporting others to become more resilient? All that good stuff. So what is that unifying element that's going to help you answer the who? 
then going on to the why and for whom. Thank you for that because I love those tips. Those, that's such a great guide for those that are just thinking about this because it it's strategic. It really mm-hmm. touches on who you are, why you're doing what you're doing, who your target market is, who you're speaking mm-hmm. to, and having those people connect with you on a real level and that connection and being honest and authentic in that story as well. I love what you're doing out there in the world that you're co-creating and helping other people co-create their stories for their businesses. You also do podcasting. Tell us a bit about the podcast, your focus, and where people can find your podcast. The podcast is called Stories from Women Who Walk. And the reason I called it that was when I started Uh, I needed a title. And I said, well, I know stories, I know women, and I know walking. And so for the first year, I interviewed uh, women who were walking their lives, something pivoted them, and then what did they, how did they respond to that? After the first year, I found a niche, and my niche is 60 seconds. So if you look for stories from women who walk, it'll bring you right to the platform. And I have Monday through Friday, 60 second episodes. Sometimes they go a little longer, but that's okay. And it covers um, a range of motivation, a little bit of timeout stuff. A Wednesday on Whidbey, talking about what I do as Quarter Moon Story Arts, which is my business. And then always on Friday, Story Prompt Friday to give you something to work with in your own storytelling journey. So I'll hit a thousand episodes, I think just about by December 31st. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a thousand episodes, nice global audience. And Quarter Moon Story Arts is is my practice. And that's where people can learn more about what I do, what I offer. And I just want to throw this in because sure. it is important to the theme. Today, the, the injustice part is very much there, but it doesn't jump out in your face. Mm-hmm. To me, having women be able to use their voice, the power of their voice, having the confidence to express themselves, explain themselves, put to rest what doesn't matter anymore, and be in charge of their voice. That's where I'm coming from. And so the podcast, the Quarter Moon Story Arts work that I do, helping women co-create their origin story, it all comes down to helping them be seen, heard, understood, and listened to. That to me is key. And while it doesn't say injustice, it's a way of repairing that injustice, but in a real positive way. Mm, I love that reframe. That is awesome. So you do so much. You have a business. You are a podcaster. I have two more questions for you. You literally went on your own walk, a pilgrimage of 500 miles across Spain. Amazing. There's time to during a 500 mile walk, a lot of reflection, a lot of like getting connected with your own roots and the earth. So tell us about that pilgrimage. I was really worried that I was making a pad pilgrim because so many other people had come away with signs and visions and whatnot. I'm thinking, I'm not getting any of that stuff. I'm a bad pilgrim. I need to do it differently. I almost didn't go. I was on the plane. I was looking out over Spain and I said, this is a stupid idea. I can't do this. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, I'm getting off the plane. I'm getting a baggage claim. I'm picking up my backpack. I'm turning around. I'm going back home again. 
And in my carry-on pack was a letter from a friend who had sent me off. And the letter began with the words, well done. She continues by saying, I imagine you're thinking, why did I say well done to begin this letter? And that's because no matter what happens from here on out, the fact that you began is well done. And so I could not go. Got off the plane, picked up my pack, and I went. And I will tell you, I just finished retracing my steps. I do that every year from September 17th to November 1. Go through my journal. I go through the guidebook. I go through, I I still have my boots. Awesome. (laughs) And what I'm looking for is who was that woman? Why did she go? What was she looking for? And what did she find? And each year, the understanding is different. The understanding deepens. I will tell you that it wasn't easy. I will tell you that I complained a lot. Hopefully, I complained in my journal and not to other people. To me, it was the journey of a lifetime. I look at my life now as BC before Camino, AC after Camino. Very, very clear. It's like the continental divide. Absolutely. And only when I came back and I spread out a map of Spain and actually traced it with a highlighter, did I go, wow, that was pretty good. (laughs) I did that. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for sharing so much today. And as we come to the close of the interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with one tip to create a path they love, what would that be? You can't cross the ocean by standing on the shore. The only way you're going to know is if you go. And in my life, the story always changed when I said yes. Was it easy? No. Was it enjoyable? Most times. So I would say that's it. Give yourself the opportunity to say yes to your life and go where you least expect. Thank you so much, Diane, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Oh, it's been a delight, Summer. Such great questions. And now I'm going to be pondering them the rest of the day. (laughs) Awesome. So glad. It was such a joy to have you here with me. Thank you. And folks, you can follow Diane Wizka on LinkedIn and at quartermoonstoryarts.net. Additional links to follow Diane and to join her newsletter are in the comments. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great. Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love & Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.